0: Today is March 7th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and I am honored to be your guide and fellow wayfarer on this journey through the Bible in a year. We are one full week into the third month of the year, and two weeks from now, spring will have sprung. And while I am not looking forward to the overcast skies that are typical of northeastern Ohio spring weather, I am looking forward to more daylight hours, warmer weather, and the shift in seasons indicating that a change is going to come. If there is one thing I have learned in my years as a Jesus follower and a human being, it is that change is inevitable. And as I was telling a friend yesterday, if life ain't going to do nothing else, it's going to be unpredictable. Sometimes, we experience the kind of change that brings us joy and excitement. Other times, it can be heartbreaking, stressful, and downright scary. But while there is no way to stop change from happening, we can choose how we respond to it. We have the power to embrace it and make it work for us. Especially if we believe, if we truly believe, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. In fact, I think it's safe to say that without change, our lives would be boring and stagnant. We wouldn't learn anything new or have any reason or stimulus to grow spiritually emotionally, or mentally, if everything stayed the same day after day. We would never experience the growth, fulfillment, or new opportunities that come with change. It is through change that we can truly discover who we are, what we're capable of, and what we want out of life. All of the experiences that we go through have the potential to shape us into the person that God wants us to be if we let them Change is a necessary part of life and we can't avoid it. So instead of trying to stop it from happening or resisting it, we would be so much better served to embrace it and figure out how to flow with it. And with this word, this word of God as a constant, we can handle whatever comes our way because not only. Is the word of God a mirror to our hearts and minds reflecting back to us who we are? But it also reflects back to us what we need. If you believe that, let's get into it. Let's flow into this word and allow this word to flow into us. Numbers chapters eight and nine the message, the lights. God spoke to Moses, tell Aaron, install the seven lamps so they will throw light in front of the lampstand. Aaron did just that. He installed the lamps so they threw light in front of the lampstand as God had instructed Moses. The lampstand was made of hammered gold from its stem to its petals. It was made precisely to the design God had shown Moses. Purifying the Levites God spoke to Moses. Take the Levites from the midst of the people of Israel and purify them for doing God's work. This is the way you will do it. Sprinkle water of absolution on them. Have them shave their entire bodies. Have them scrub their clothes. Then they will have purified themselves. Have them take a young bull with its accompanying grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil plus a second young bull for an absolution offering. Bring the Levites to the front of the tent of meeting and gather the entire community of Israel. Present the Levites before God as the people of Israel lay their hands on them. Aaron will present the Levites before God as a wave offering from the people of Israel so that they will be ready to do God's work. Have the Levites place their hands on the heads of the bulls, selecting one for the absolution offering and another for the whole burnt offering to God to make atonement for the Levites. Then have the Levites stand in front of Aaron and his sons and present them as a wave offering to God. This is the procedure for setting apart the Levites from the rest of the people of Israel. The Levites are exclusively for my use. After you have purified the Levites and presented them as a wave offering to God, they can go to work in the tents of meeting. The Levites have been selected out of the people of Israel for my exclusive use. They function in place of every firstborn male to an Israelite woman. Every firstborn male in Israel, animal or human, is set apart for my use. When I struck down all the firstborn of Egypt, I consecrated them for my holy uses. But now I take the Levites as stand-ins in place of every firstborn son in Israel, selected out of the people of Israel, and I have given the Levites to Aaron and his sons to do all the work involved in the tent of meeting on behalf of all the people of Israel and to make atonement for them so that nothing bad will happen to them when they approach the sanctuary. Moses, Aaron and the entire community of the people of Israel carried out these procedures with the Levites just as God had commanded Moses. The Levites purified themselves and scrubbed their clothes. Then Aaron presented them as a wave offering before God and made atonement for them to purify them. Only then did the Levites go to work at the Tents of Meeting. Aaron and his son supervised them following the directions God had given. God spoke to Moses, These are your instructions regarding the Levites. At the age of 25, they will join the workforce in the tent of meeting. At the age of 50, they must retire from the work. They can assist their brothers in the tasks in the tent of meeting, but they are not permitted to do the actual work themselves. These are the ground rules for the work of the Levites. Passover God spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after leaving Egypt. Have the people of Israel celebrate Passover at the set time. Celebrate it on schedule on the evening of the 14th day of this month, following all the rules and procedures. Moses told the people of Israel to celebrate the Passover and they did in the wilderness of Sinai at evening on the 14th day of the first month. The people of Israel did it all just as God had commanded Moses. But some of them couldn't celebrate the Passover on the assigned day because they were ritually unclean on account of a corpse. So they presented themselves before Moses and Aaron on Passover and told Moses, We have become ritually unclean because of a corpse, but why should we be barred from bringing God's offering along with other Israelites on the day set for Passover? Moses said, Give me some time, I'll find out what God says in your circumstances. God spoke to Moses, Tell the people of Israel, if one or another of you is ritually unclean because of a corpse, or you happen to be off on a long trip, you may still celebrate God's Passover, but celebrate it on the 14th day of the second month at evening. Eat the lamb together with unraised bread and bitter herbs. Don't leave any of it until morning. Don't break any of its bones. Follow all the procedures." But a man who is ritually clean and is not off on a trip and still fails to celebrate the Passover must be cut off from his people because he did not present God's offering at the set time. That man will pay for his sin. Any foreigner living among you who wants to celebrate God's Passover is welcome to do it, but he must follow all the rules and procedures. The same procedures go for both foreigner and native-born. The cloud. The day the dwelling was set up, the cloud covered the dwelling of the tent of testimony. From sunset until daybreak, it was over the dwelling. It looked like fire. It was like that all the time. The cloud over the dwelling and at night looking like fire. When the cloud lifted above the tent, the people of Israel marched out. And when the cloud descended, the people camped. The people of Israel marched at God's command, and they camped at His command. As long as the cloud was over the dwelling, they camped. Even when the cloud hovered over the dwelling for many days, they honored God's command and wouldn't march. They stayed in camp obedient to God's command as long as the cloud was over the dwelling. But the moment God issued orders, they marched. If the cloud stayed only from sunset to daybreak and then lifted at daybreak, they marched. Night or day, it made no difference. When the cloud lifted, they marched. It made no difference whether the cloud hovered over the dwelling for two days or a month or a year. As long as the cloud was there, they were there. And when the cloud went up, they got up and marched. They camped at God's command and they marched at God's command. They lived obediently by God's orders as delivered by Moses. Mark chapter 13 verses 14 through 37. Run for the hills, but be ready to run for it whenever you see the monster of desecration set up where it should never be. You who can read, make sure you understand what I'm talking about. If you're living in Judea at the time, run for the hills. If you're working in the yard, don't go back to the house to get anything. If you're out in the field, don't go back to get your coat. Pregnant and nursing mothers will have it especially hard. Hope and pray this won't happen in the middle of winter. These are going to be hard days. Nothing like it from the time God made the world right up to the present. And there will be nothing like it again. If he let the days of trouble run their course, nobody would make it. But because of God's chosen people, those he personally chose, he has already intervened. No one knows the day or hour. If anyone tries to flag you down, calling out, here's the Messiah or points, there he is. Don't fall for it. Fake messiahs and lying preachers are going to pop up everywhere. Their impressive credentials and bewitching performances will pull the wool over the eyes of even those who ought to know better. So watch out, I've given you fair warning. Following those hard times, sun will fade out, moon cloud over, stars fall out of the sky, cosmic powers tremble. And then they'll see the son of man enter in grand style, his arrival filling the sky, no one will miss it. He'll dispatch the angels. They will pull in the chosen from the four winds from pole to pole. Take a lesson from the fig tree. From the moment you notice its buds form, the merest hint of green, you know summer's just around the corner. And so it is with you. When you see all these things, you know He is at the door. Don't take this lightly. I'm not just saying this for some future generation, but for this one too. These things will happen. Sky and earth will wear out. My words won't wear out. But the exact day and hour? No one knows that. Not even heaven's angels. Not even the sun. Only the Father. So keep a sharp lookout, for you don't know the timetable. It's like a man who takes a trip, leaving home and putting his servants in charge, each assigned a task, and commanding the gatekeeper to stand watch. So stay at your post, watching. You have no idea when the homeowner is returning, whether evening, midnight, cockroach, or morning. So you don't want him showing up unannounced with you asleep on the job. I say it to you, and I'm saying it to all. Stay at your post. Keep watch. Psalm 50. The God of gods, it's God, speaks out, shouts, earth. Welcome the sun in the east, farewells the disappearing sun in the west. From the dazzle of Zion, God blazes into view. Our God makes his entrance. He's not shy in his coming. Starbursts of fireworks precede him. He summons heaven and earth as a jury. He's taking his people to court. Round up my saints who swore on the Bible their loyalty to me. The whole cosmos attests to the fairness of this court, that here, God is judge. Are you listening, dear people? I'm getting ready to speak. Israel, I am about to bring you to trial. This is God, your God, speaking to you. I don't find fault with your acts of worship, the frequent burnt sacrifices you offer. But why should I want your blue ribbon bull or more and more goats from your herds? Every creature in the forest is mine. The wild animals on all the mountains. I know every mountain bird by name. The scampering field mice are my friends. If I get hungry, do you think I tell you? All creation and its bounty are mine. Do you think I feast on venison or drink draughts of goat's blood? Spread for me a banquet of praise. Serve high God a feast of kept promises and call for help when you're in trouble. I'll help you and you'll honor me. Next, God calls up the wicked. What are you up to, quoting my laws, talking like we are good friends? You never answer the door when I call. You treat my words like garbage. If you find a thief, you make him your buddy. Adulterers are your friends of choice. Your mouth drools filth. Lying is a serious art form with you. You stab your own brother in the back, rip off your little sister. I kept a quiet patience while you did these things. You thought I went along with your game. I'm calling you on the carpet now, laying your wickedness out in plain sight. Time's up for playing fast and loose with me. I'm ready to pass sentence and there is no help in sight. It's the praising life that honors me. As soon as you set your foot on the way, I'll show you my salvation. Proverbs chapter 10 verses 29 through 30. God is solid backing to a well-lived life, but he calls into question a shabby performance. Good people last. They can't be moved. The wicked are here today, gone tomorrow. I love the word of God. That's it. That's the post. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are grateful for the gift of your word and we are grateful for the gift of change. Lord, we recognize that it brings with it opportunities for growth and opens new doors and ushers us into new seasons. While some changes are joyful and exciting, Lord, others are heartbreaking, stressful and downright scary. Lord, we trust in your promises, however, that all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. We stand on that today. Father, give us the wisdom to embrace change, to see it as an opportunity for our learning and for the building of our character. Lord, help us to trust that you are with us every step of the way. Help us to remember that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts when we begin to doubt, guide, and strengthen us as we navigate the changes that come our way and continue to mold us and form us into the people that you created us to be. Lord, without change, we recognize that our lives would be meaningless. Every change we experience, both good and bad, is an opportunity for us to draw closer to you and to learn more about you, about ourselves, and about the world around us. Help us to trust in your goodness and in the great plans that you have for us. Help us to rest and abide in your love, even and especially in times of uncertainty. Lord, may your word continue to flow through us and transform us by its power. Lord, we ask all of these things in your son Jesus's name. Amen. And our affirmation for today, my life is constantly being made new and I am becoming the best version of myself. My life is constantly being made new and I am becoming the best version of myself. And our aphorism, all that you touch, you change, all that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change, God is change. I'm going to say that one again. All that you touch, you change, all that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change, God is change. Thank you so much for being on this adventure with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you and I will be right here tomorrow waiting for you.